It's time for episode 476 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the official, verified, true, real, good, awesome, and, and, and officially official 30-minute tech podcast. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my pal and good buddy, it's Dan, the man, Morin. Hello, Dan. I'm worried that you're a bot, Micah. I'm just not <laughs> sure if I can trust you. Come on. Come on. With all of those checkboxes uh, and stars. Uh, I don't uh, know. I don't know. Sus. Kind of mm. sus. Well, what's not sus? Uh, what? What? No. Who are? Hmm. <laughs> they're not sus. They're our guests. To my left is the voice of Android and the smart home at Gizmodo, as well as a co-host of Material Podcast and all about Android. It is Florence Ion. Welcome back to the show, Flo. Hello, Micah. I want so badly to meet your energy. Oh, I want it. Give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) And to my left, it is a writer and a photographer who you can find on Instagram and Glass. It's Jeff Carlson. Welcome back, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Well, let us get underway then. My question is this. Zoom is it seems to be trying to take on Microsoft Teams uh, with its Zoom One offering. It is an all-in-one work environment with uh, calendaring and mail and all sorts of stuff. And I'm just curious, um, you know, whether you've worked for a company that uses one of these or at least heard from others about their using of this. Do you feel that all-in-one work platforms actually work? What are your thoughts on if they're good, they're bad, or perhaps you have uh, some indifferent feelings about it. Flo, we'll start with you. I still think Zoom is very bloated. That is my personal usage opinion about it. Um, I know that it does some things really great, and that's why it's great for things like broadcasting and having like really large group uh, meetings. But I don't like group meetings. I've actually been kind of rolling the clock back a little bit, and I've been asking my coworkers to do Slack phone calls. Uh, And what I do is I call them on my phone, and so it's like I'm literally on the phone with my editor like it's 1992. I love it, so that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm I am having handwritten missives sent to all my coworkers, read by Ken Burns <laughs> in a documentary. Um, I don't think I don't think that these these sort of all in one platforms really work well, and I think the reason for it is that most of these companies do something well, but it's very hard to do all of these things well. Um, so you end up with a lot of kind of substandard parts of it in addition to whatever sort of was the original value proposition in the first place. I agree totally with Flo that the, you know, the reason for Zoom was that it was sort of the least bad option at the time. And that made it very popular during the pandemic. And so it became sort of the lingua franca of, you know, doing remote communication. But it, it, it really isn't that much better than a lot of stuff that's out there. It's just the thing that ended up getting used a lot. Um, So I don't think that Zoom sort of moving in and trying to hone in on Microsoft's territory is really going to work out pretty well for them. Microsoft's been doing this for a long time. I mean, you know, for better or worse, 
nobody ever got fired for going with Microsoft for their group wear or whatever. So I don't know that Zoom is necessarily going to have a compelling argument to the contrary there. Jeff, what do you think? I think one of the important things here is also to think about the the people side of it, because this is obvious a play, obviously a play for enterprise customers. And so a lot of people are going to be forced to use this suite whether they like it or not, whether it's good or not, because somebody's going to say, hey, you know, Zoom charges us less to do email and calendar and video. So we're just going to go with that. And all the people who are working remotely or working in, in the offices are just going to be stuck with it. I think that's a big part of why I think people don't like uh, Microsoft Teams because suddenly it was thrust upon them. Zoom came to the prominence and then Teams tried to catch up. And I know a lot of people who just do not like Teams, but sorry, it's the Microsoft thing, so you have to do it. So I think there's there's going to be a lot of disgruntlement, disgruntledness, whatever the right word for that would be. Uh, on the part of, of people who are going to be forced to use it. And also, you know, it, it took a little while for Zoom to get more polished. So who knows what the state of these are going to be? I think that that is well put. Um, I, I agree that this seems to be uh, or it will be that people end up using it because it's thrust upon them. Um, I've had several friends who have those feels about Microsoft Teams for the same reason. Uh, and I also agree with you, Flo, that uh, all of this stuff just gets bloated so quickly because they try to make it an all-in-one platform. They need it to do all the things. And Microsoft Teams, I've um, sort of described in the past and continue to describe it as like, it's foie gras uh, in software form. They just keep stuffing it and stuffing it full of things. And it's not good for anybody, including the platform itself. And uh, the, the sort of if we want to take this metaphor to the end, like the wealthy folks who are just trying to continue their wealth, who are using a platform that doesn't cost as much or whatever, are then thrusting it upon. And I think that the same may apply here uh, with Zoom. But at the same time, um, I do celebrate that there are multiple companies that are trying to do this so that there is competition out there. Um, I just hope that it doesn't interfere too much with how I use the platform, uh, which is for doing calls like this. So I will, I guess we'll find out, but um, I don't know, email me, Micah at zmail.com. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Flo's topic. Um, so a bit here on Clockwise that you might you might know me as like the Android person, but I've actually been stepping outside of my comfort zone a bit. Um, and I've been carrying around an iPhone 14 Pro Max uh, in the deep purple color because it's the most pretty. And this is my test unit from Apple. So this is what I have on loan. And I'm, you know, testing it long term so I can really get the lay of the smartphone land. Great. Yesterday was my first time using Apple Maps to navigate anywhere. And I was really struck by how beautiful it is. I didn't use it because from the get go, Apple Maps was sort of billed as like, look what Apple's trying to do to beat Google at its game. But I tell you, I've been so frustrated with Google Maps because as they've been doing this whole like, let's figure out the driving mode. Let's not have driving mode. Let's do Android Auto. Let's do this and that. It's actually been affecting my driving experience with Google Maps on the phone. And I still have a car that relies on that. Um, I know a lot of our talk is about um, operating systems coming into the car, but I think a lot of people are still experiencing this, like trying to use their phones to get around. Uh, and I guess I'm just really curious, like how many more people are using Apple Maps than Google Maps these days? 
Is anybody using Waze? I go back and forth. I actually use both. Um, and the reason for them are that I generally use Apple Maps if I am just sort of going around town and I'm, I just need to know how to get somewhere. Um, I like how nice it looks. I use it on CarPlay and it, it works really well there. I like some of the features it has. It has a share ETA feature that I really enjoy, which is like you can send somebody a, yeah, like, hey, I'm on the way to your location. Now you can look and see, you know, where I am, et cetera. Um, the one thing I don't think it does very well, at least in my comparison with Google Maps, is live traffic. Uh, and that is where I often fall back to Google Maps, where it's like, okay, I need to get from point A to point B. I live in a city with some terrible traffic. Uh, it is often you know, advantageous to take a sort of non-standard route if it's a particular time of day uh, or if something's going on. It is construction season perennially here now, it feels like. So um, I, I think that for whatever reason, Google Maps has done a better job of giving me an accurate picture of where is the traffic and where can I go to avoid the traffic. Uh, Apple Maps has gotten better in this regard, but I don't know if it's just because it doesn't have quite as much, um, you know, uh, as many people using it. And that has hampered its traffic stuff a little bit. Um, But I think it's the one place that I don't find it as useful as Google Maps. But I I still tend to use Apple Maps probably better than half the time. Jeff, what about you? I am sort of the the normie norm here in that I use (laughs) Apple Maps mostly because it's convenient. Apple's ability to just sort of make it front and center and easy to access and tied into everything really has made a difference for me. I don't want to have to go to Google Maps and do something separate. And I also think it's a bit more user-friendly. I find it to be perfectly fine. The only time that I'll switch over to Google Maps is when I want something that's a little bit more detailed or I want to make sure that I, I download a map that I'm going to have offline. And honestly, uh, maybe Apple Maps does that and I just haven't ever looked into it. But the default experience is fine for me. And so I stick with that. I use Apple Maps almost exclusively um, for the reasons that have kind of been mentioned here that share ETA feature so that if uh, my route changes or if traffic suddenly picks up or there's an accident or something, it will notify the person or people with whom I'm sharing my ETA to say, hey, they're running behind. They can check in to make sure I haven't driven into a ditch or anything like that, which is great. Um, So my partner and I use that quite a bit. But outside of that, um, I'm very mindful of the friends I have who are Android users. And so in those cases, I, I keep Google Maps on my phone so that uh, if, you know, we're planning on uh, going to a thing and there's an address, then I will use Google Maps and share the link from there as opposed to trying to share it from Apple Maps or uh, elsewhere. And then I actually do use Wise for one specific or Wise Ways for one specific purpose. Um, I It's got the, you know, location always thing uh, permission. I have that turned off, but I will go and turn that on and then go into Ways when I am doing when I'm planning a, to drive somewhere. So an example of this is when the Apple event uh, happened and I knew that I needed to drive into Cupertino essentially and be there for the event. Um, 
I like Waze's um, prediction for where, what traffic's going to be like at a given time and when one should leave so that they can get to the place that they want to in time. It has a really good sort of scheduling uh, method. And so I will turn on location permissions, hop in there, see what it says. And it will also show you like bars for how bad traffic will be. By that, I mean like meter bars. Um, and I will use ways to do that. So yeah, I do bounce between platforms, but Apple Maps, just because I'm using an iPhone uh, for for most of the stuff that I do, uh, is my primary platform of choice. Uh, but Flo, I'm curious, since you uh, have experience on all the devices pretty regularly, um, any final thoughts on this topic? I have to agree with Jeff. It really helps to have those trees because then you kind of know like, oh, yeah, you have this visual representation of what you should be looking around. Um, and, you know, if you're going to a suburb or a city where you don't know what to look for or maybe a street sign is hiding. Uh, I love to have that. I will say Google Maps is great with their augmented reality feature and getting around with transit. So if you haven't tried that yet, folks, it, it really helped me out in New York. All right, folks, it is halftime here on Clockwise, and I get to tell you about the always incredible text expander. In fact, just the other day, I was talking to my pal Kathy Campbell about text expander and how we use it for so much, and we think it's amazing. Uh, you know, regardless of whether you're using it individually or using it as part of a team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client or tracking down the same FAQs from the company website. These are the kinds of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster. That's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes so that you can work faster, you can eliminate repetition, and it lets you focus on what matters most to you. With Text Expander, you get powerful shortcuts and abbreviations that are streamlined for your team's work or your individual work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation. Uh, an example is semicolon S-L-U-G slug, which I use to then expand to a date slug that I use when I'm naming files. So you just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more, all within Text Expander. You create the abbreviation you want, and then they'll be there for you whenever you type. And it's available on any device you use. Text Expander is available on Mac, on Windows, on Chrome, on iOS. Uh, if repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Text Expander. Check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com/clockwise, and that will get you twenty percent off your first year. That's textexpander.com/clockwise clockwise to say goodbye to repetitive typing. And of course, our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show. So textexpander.com slash clockwise. All right, we are back from the break. And that means it's time for Dan's topic. Meta is laying off a huge chunk of its workforce today. Twitter is melting. <laughs> TikTok <laughs> might get banned by the US government. My question for you is, has social media sort of seen its heyday come and go? Are we going to all end up in these little silos like Discord and Slack and Mastodon instead? Where is your social media going? Are you still investing in it at all? Or are you just like, you know what, I'm I'm done, <laughs> Jeff? <laughs> um, I would love to say that I'm just done. But I still have a Twitter account. I was up late looking at election results and stuff on Twitter last night. Uh, I still have a Facebook account because despite all the ads and the crap and the cruft, uh, that's where family is. And, you know, keeping up with, with people from high school. 
school. So um, although I would love to say that a lot of this is going away, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it shifts. Um, I, I have not moved to Mastodon yet. I'm kind of waiting to see you know, what other people's experiences are. Um, and I think partially because I've been not exactly burned, but just sort of burned out by uh, in the the photo realm, the, there have been a lot of like Instagram competitors, uh, you know, Glass, which I particularly like, but also Vero and a few other things. And it's all an investment of time and how much do I want to put into each one to try to build up what I'm trying to get out of it, which honestly, I'm not actually sure I know what I want to get out of it. Um, I, I have a lot of sympathy for people who really use Twitter or Facebook for their their business professional marketing. Uh, that's not really been successful for me. So I don't know. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's shifting, but uh, I don't think it's going to look dramatically different, say, in a year. I don't know. I don't know where social media, where my social media is going, where all of it's going. I know where I'm going. And increasingly, it is just away from these platforms. Um, I was talking to uh, my pal Joe Rosenstiel on our podcast on helpful suggestions. And then later, I was talking to Leo Laporte as we were recording, I believe, The Tech Guy. Um, and in both of those instances, there were these realizations of, oh, yeah, I have increasingly just walked away from a lot of these platforms or very rarely post on them. Um, I've been posting on Mastodon a little bit, and I have uh, sent a few tweets in the past month, but it's certainly my usage of all of these platforms has gone uh, quite a bit down over time. And I don't know if there's going to come another heyday. There could be. Um, but as far as the current slate of of public social media, um, we're certainly going through some sort of transition. That, that I feel comfortable saying. Flo, what do you think? <sighs> like, I don't want to support Elon. I'm going to be honest here, because I, I don't believe in him as a leader of this platform. But at the same time, I do also kind of want to stick around and see what's going to happen. I guess I, I would love to just be here while the fire goes on around me. Because <laughs> uh, I've been here for so long, I wanted to stake my claim. But I'm also shifting a lot of my social life online to Discord. Um, a lot, which is a lot more niche for me, but it's very hard for the general public to kind of access that. And so that's why I kind of live on Instagram as my personal social network. And then Discord is sort of like the personal plus. So I have like some professional networking on there. Um, and just the friends who, you know, are within the same kind of nerd bubble as me. And so we kind of hang out over there now. And I'm serious about TikTok. There is something about it that I really, at first it was just a matrix for me, but then I got, like, I started following this live Disneyland streamer and I joined their Discord community. And now this is something that I like look forward to as part of my weeks. Um, and, you know, you can just post the most random thought that you have on TikTok and then suddenly you have like 35 people seeing it from your perspective. So it's like Twitter, but a video thing. It this is a this is an interesting time, everyone. Don't don't limit yourself to one social media just just yet. Um I think Amen. it's a good time to explore. 
I think the thing with TikTok for me is it just feels like too much work. <laughs> like I don't. It is so oh, much I gotta work. Shoot a video. It I know. Is so I, I much don't work. have. I can't. I want to just be able to dash off a hot take tweet and <laughs> run away. Please come on. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like Flo. I mean, I've been on Twitter since I had to look it up. January two thousand seven. Jesus. Um, and I don't know. I I got a lot of value out of it for a long time. I I, I met people. I you know interacted with colleagues and. I was able to, you know, see a, a lot of, you know, disparate viewpoints and stuff like that. It was really interesting. Um, it does feel a little bit like the platform is being driven off a cliff right now, uh, which is sad. I find that sad because I did enjoy it. I had already kind of like my guy dialed back a bunch on what I post in large part because I think Twitter got to a point where the audience was so large that you felt like. I was like thinking very hard about everything. I'm like, do I want 20 replies on this giving me sometimes helpful, but usually not really helpful suggestions? But I still like it because as a writer, it is a, the medium is the message, right? And you, you know, it's like, I, I like to be able to construct tweets with carefully crafted words. I don't, I'm not as good. I'm not Jeff Carlson. I can't put up an amazing picture on Instagram. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just, it's not my, it's not my medium. So that's what I'll miss the most about it. Uh, Facebook, I pulled back from a long time ago. I still have an account there, but I rarely even ever log on. TikTok, as I said, just feels like too much work. So I, I've ended up in a lot of these smaller silos, things like Slacks and Discords, which are great. I really love interacting with a smaller group of people, but it does lack that sort of public-facing thing. And for me, as somebody who is a you know a podcaster and an author and a journalist, like I rely on that to be able to sort of promote my own work and um, get it out there. There's really no substitute for that for me. I do not have the following any place else that I have on Twitter. Um, so yeah, it's, I struggle with it. I'm gonna, if the ship goes down, I'm going to be there playing my, uh, string quartet and <laughs> I'm afraid that's the way it's going to go, but, uh, I'm not going to be happy about it. Uh, thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our final topic, which comes from Jeff. So, uh, Apple had to announce this week that supplies of the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 pro are going to be constrained due to COVID lockdowns at the Foxconn factories that assemble them. Uh, COVID-related supply problems have been a low-level constant since the pandemic, especially in technology. Have you found yourself waiting for long periods for Apple gear or other products? And have you put off buying decisions because of these delays? No, I have not. The first part. Um, I, <laughs> I cheated tend... with two questions. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Darn it. So with the first part, I have not um, like had to, to wait for long periods because I am usually if it's something that I'm going to get then I know I'm going to get it. So I'm on it to wake up or be up at the specific time that they are going to roll out uh, pre-orders. So in terms of having to wait for them, no. But in terms of putting off the decision to uh, buy because of delays, absolutely. A, a sort of unimportant example of this is that I, I have the Apple Watch Ultra and I've wanted to get the trail band, uh, but the trail band has uh, been out of stock until uh, probably just about now. I think the well, I checked last month and it was around the 8th or the 9th that they were supposed to be delivering. Um, and instead of like placing the order then and getting it on the 8th or the 9th, I just put off the decision of whether I was going to buy it because a, I could keep wearing the one that I that came with it and see if that was enough for me, if I wanted to get um, a new band. And uh, B, because it wasn't going to come until much later, that was the other reason for uh, putting it off. So yeah, I think that the 
uh, delays do uh, impact my purchasing decisions unless, you know, it's an absolute certainty that I was going to get it. And so I'm able to get it kind of on launch day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flo, what about you? Well, 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 well. Um, I think I... <laughs> I think a long time ago, I, I'm not going to bring up the whole story, but I brought up how hard it was for me to buy this Dell laptop that I'm podcasting from right now. <laughs> I sat on it wrong the other day. and <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Crushed the, tra- crushed the trackpad. Wait, is there a right way to sit on it? Just asking. Poor Mona was falling off the couch and I was sitting with her and I went after her and I accidentally went with my elbow down on the laptop. And so something gotcha. happened to the trackpad. I just went to the BIOS and disabled the trackpad. Um, I need to get that fixed before CES. And I'm dreading. If that's going to happen. So everybody just pray for me. That's all I can. That's really what I'm going to use my time to ask for is prayers uh, because I'm I'm worried about the supply. It's affecting me, as you can see. I'm making decisions not to fix things because I am scared of how long it will take. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Fair. 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 Um. I I haven't put off any buying decisions other than the ones that have been like sort of forced on me to this point. Like, and for me, it's less about stuff that's available. Well, I'll I'll say that in part. One thing I bought a new router recently, and I had to like I literally. <laughs> this is where I was with this. I had to subscribe to a subreddit where they track the stock on this router, then set up an app on my phone that would send me a <laughs> notification when the subreddit posted that they were in stock. Wow. And it that's still took me several it. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um for a router <laughs> uh so the, the world is dumb is what i'm saying but the thing that's really bit me more is like uh you know things like you know I, i've really been looking for i uh, my imac died um in i don't know july or so and so i've meantime been using my macbook air hooked up to a apple studio display which is fine but i had been waiting to buy a new mac mini when apple announced one with a a better chip and you know i was like to put on my desktop and have a desktop computer again and still hasn't happened and i'm gonna blame the supply chain on this either that or tim cook is personally griefing me which is you know (laughs) i've seen the way he looks at people He, he he probably has a little bit of a troll streak in him come on so yeah uh long story short uh i guess it's influenced some things but um i can't blame it all on supply chain perhaps Jeff, why don't you wrap us up here? Well, I think there are a couple of things going on. Part of what I uh, was thinking about when I was coming up with this question was how we uh, – in the Apple world, we typically have a sort of built-in schedule. We expect that there are going to be new MacBook Pros at the end of the year, for example. And so I can see how people – would be thinking, I don't need to buy a new MacBook Pro because there's going to be another one in October, or I've had one for a long time, so I'll, I'll just buy it here. And now, at least according to rumors, those have been pushed off into next year. So that kind of puts people in a in a bind. But a lot of this too is that Apple has been so good about logistics. And I think that's that's also rippled a bit to other companies, but not nearly as much, that I think the fact that this was big news was because Apple does such a good job of getting product out to people on their schedule and on time. Like I expect that when a new iPhone comes out, I can wake up super early in the morning, place my order and have it in two weeks, even though 
that's millions and millions of units being drop shipped from China and the logistics of all of that. And so our expectations of, well, I'm just going to go and get a new computer because I'm sure it's going to be there. And suddenly that's been disrupted by actual physics and moving parts around and uh, people not assembling uh, devices and all of that. And I find that there's a little bit of a Wait, how can that be? Because it's been so easy in the past and now suddenly it feels like we've just caught up to what the real reality is, at least in terms of Apple gear. All right. Well, it is time for the bonus topic. Uh, so let's get that underway. This one's kind of a hard one. If you could send one sentence, one sentence to your descendants some 200 years in the future, what would your sentence be? Flo, we'll start with you. Break the cycle. Nice. Dan? I'm going to pick the uh, phrase that my Jewish grandmother always said to me whenever we uh, got to our fortune cookies in the chi- in a, like Chinese restaurant. Don't eat the dinner. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> <Jeff>? <laughs> uh, see, honestly, I think be nice to yourself and, even when you don't think that you should be because... That helps. Now mine sounds really vapid. Um, <laughs> it's probably better than mine. Hey. Oh, that's true. I forgot. Okay. Thank God, Dan. Um, invent time travel space EM dash space. I want to join you! Exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up for $5 a month or $50 a year and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss upcoming tech. I believe we have just reached the end of this episode of Clockwise, which means all that's left is to thank our awesome guests. Florence Ion, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. And Jeff Carlson, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>